Hello and welcome to Start the Beat with Sykes. My name is Sykes and this is my podcast. Before we get started, I just want to take a quick moment to apologize for everything looking a little weird, everything sounding a little weird. If you're watching this, you could probably tell that I am on my cell phone. If you are just listening to this on the audio stream, you're probably like, man, that sounds like shit. Oh, fuck, I'm covering it up. Uh, Yeah, that's because I'm on the phone. Uh, My camera right now is at the new studio space. Uh, Some of you may be aware that I'm actually in the middle of moving into a new studio space now. I'm actually kind of moved in. I've already recorded some episodes there. My camera's down there right now. And uh, yeah, I'm editing this week's episode. I was like, oh, shit all my gears at the studio. So uh, this is what I'm doing to do this. So yeah, I just want to take a quick moment to thank everyone for being here. If you checked out last week's episode, thanks for coming back, blah, 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 blah. For those of you who are new to the show, I promise that the rest of the episode sounds and looks a lot better than this. Just hang tight. Uh, You know, feel free to make yourselves at home. And as always, there's beer and soda in the fridge. So yeah, uh, given the situation right now, I'm not going to do an extended intro or anything like that. I'm just going to let you know that this week I'm talking with my buddy Sean Armstrong, who he has a, he's a local podcaster as well. He has a show called The Local Beat, which is also a local music and arts and entertainment podcast in the city. We sat down recently for a chat, you know, just to talk about his show, his experiences in the local music scene and blah, 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 blah. Again... Apologies in advance for uh, this weird audio video intro here on my phone. Hopefully it doesn't look or sound too bad. But yeah, so without further ado, I'm just going to shut up and let's get into this episode. Thank you all for sticking around. And yeah, be real, real soon. New episodes at the new studio will be coming up. So, you know, stay tuned for that. And uh, let's get into my conversation with Sean. Sit back, relax, and let's start the motherfucking beat. Okay, here yeah. we are. Uh, there's some waters there if you care for one. I have like a few sips of coffee left in this thing. I'm all good, but thank you. All right. Too good for water, Sean. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> no, I just, you know. How's it going, man? Pretty good, pretty good. How uh, How is it for you? you not know? bad, not bad. I got up early today, which was nice because I had a show at Cativo last night. Oh, yeah. And I wasn't there nearly as late as I was expecting to be. So that was cool. I was able to come home and get a decent amount of sleep and still get up early and get some things done. You know, well, adulting. Yeah. Yeah. We're playing tonight at the Smiling Moose. So got to get ready for that as well. But that'll be fun. How many bands are you in? Two. Just two? Yeah. Just okay. Sykes and the New Violence and Grey Walker. Okay. I wasn't sure if it was more because I know there are some people who are in like four or five. I've been in a lot of projects. There's been times when I've been in like four bands at once, mm-hmm. but uh, not. I don't think I would ever want to do that again. Uh, yeah. it, it, it was fun, you know, when I was a little bit younger and I could get away with not having to work so much and I don't know. Yeah. It's or like sleep re- or yeah. I mean, like I think it's a lot of fun, and mm-hmm. I definitely understand why people have that creative drive to be in that many projects. But right. for me, I think it's like really counterproductive if you're trying to do something like I don't know. I guess success can be subjective, but I think if you're trying to be in a band that's going to like get to the next level, you got to put as much time into it as you can. 
And right. if you're in four bands, you know, it's really hard, I think, to give them that attention. Right. Unless unless you're just somebody that's in the band. Anytime I'm in a band, I'm also kind of like a manager in a way for the band as well, because I'm like yeah. usually one of the people that's like booking a lot of the shows and I'm like in charge of merchandising and all that stuff. I've never been in a band really where I've just been in the band. Just you know like what I mean? Played an instrument. Yeah, just yeah. like, you know, showed up, played and left. I've always kind of like taken on this uh some form of a management role, which is, I don't know, probably says a lot about my control freak issues, but that's another conversation. <laughs> I mean, glass half empty, glass half full on that one. Sure. Depends on how you want to look at it. I mean, somebody has to do it. Yeah. You know, I think it's it's super crucial. So, you know, Sean, I know that, you know, you have a podcast and you do some writing and things like that. But I mean, mm-hmm. I just met you for the first time this week. You yeah. came out to the fifth year anniversary. Yeah. Thank you for being there. Um, what don't I know about you or what can you tell me just a bit about the background of your podcast and getting into all that stuff? Yeah. So, um, it started like a year, a year ago, I'd say, uh, I'd take a brief hiatus cause I was uh, in Ireland for a while, but, um, yeah, so that started out. I also was, uh, writing for the newspaper before this It started out as like a college radio show. Um, wasn't really going where I wanted it to go because of the restrictions of a college radio show and sure. because of like funding and all of that still have funding issues for sure. Have location issues sometimes, but, um, and by location issues, I mean like the studio right now, like needs some work, but, uh, and the wiring sometimes isn't always right. So I have to do my <laughs> own. I now have my own equipment and everything. I just literally sit in their space. That's it. I don't even use their equipment. People will like try to talk into another mic and I'll be like, it's not mine. It's not mine. It's not even <laughs> hooked up. You just talk to no one. Like, yeah, I'll walk, sure. I'll walk in there and like the overdrive will be on, on the switchboard and I'll just be like, no one shut this off. That's good. Um, just, and it, a lot of people who just don't know what they're doing handling audio equipment and uh messing it up you know um that's the the joys of a public space yeah mm -hmm. so i mean i still use the public space because it's convenient because like you know i'm still in college and everything so you know i still you know it's hard to get out to like where my place is in the summer especially um where do you go to school at go to school at duquesne university right now um what are you gonna be when you grow up who knows? Honestly, <laughs> I'm going to be, I will take whatever pays me. Let's okay. put it that way. Cool. But, um, so I, like, is the communications thing just kind of something that you're doing on the side? That's not like a focus of yours at school or is it? So I'm doing multi-platform journalism and psychology is a double major. Okay. Um, just it's a lot of syllables. Yeah. Whatever, <laughs> whatever works for me. Cool. Like just yeah, throw totally. a bunch of darts and stick. That's been the strategy. It's uh, actually a really interesting combination because I think that, um, in psychology, mm-hmm. there's a communication is such a big part of it. Right. And if you're studying, you know, communications on like a more like social level, I think you get a better understanding of how to talk to people in a way that maybe you don't get if you're just straight psychology i don't know i never went yeah, to school no. for these things but i would no. imagine that'd be an interesting yin and yang it does um it actually comes across in the interview now like because it's changed a lot in a year um i've talked to people like who i had on like a year ago who now i've had on recently they noticed they've noticed the change and it's more of like 
it's almost become like therapy half the time. Oh, totally. I don't know. I relate 100% to that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because there are people who like, they don't feel like they're listened to, you know, um, a lot of the time or, you know, they just want to feel validated. Like, I mean, everyone wants to feel validated. I want to feel validated. Totally. <laughs> sure. You want to feel validated. Yeah. Everyone does. Um, but I find that a lot of people just don't feel validated, even though they should, because they're doing great things. I think almost every, almost everyone's doing something that's interesting, but you know, you just got to find that, which takes time. You know, you got to sit down and talk to people and it takes a long time. Sometimes for certain people, it takes longer than others, mm-hmm. but it's really like a therapy situation. Cause I also do like crisis text lines sometimes, um, not as much as I'd like, um, because of school i'm taking like 18 credits every semester doing um the podcast trying to write for the paper trying to write for sweet static trying to write for like three other publications not keeping up with it very well uh honestly um yeah so So, i mean okay you know kind of coming from that perspective again of somebody that plays in multiple bands you're kind of attacking your life right now from a similar sort of way while you're not playing in bands you're juggling a lot yeah and what is that drive for you to juggle all of these things that you don't necessarily have to is it an issue of just like i want to be involved in as much as possible or is it a i have a hard time saying no to things or is it a combination at first it was definitely the i have a hard time saying no but also like some of these things it's not even like people ask me sometimes like sometimes i'll just see it and i'll be like yeah that's what it used to be really um and it used to be like that because frankly i was just avoiding like having to be with myself by myself all the time like the depression anxiety all that gotten better with that for sure i am more comfortable now with like saying no to things and um you know i still want to be a part of all these things obviously but i try to also make sure that people are aware like, yeah, right now is not like a great time. I do want to be a part of this. I want to help you. Like I'll share, do all that stuff. And like when I can contribute, which might be a couple months from now, I might be every now and then. Cause like, it's not like a band in that, like you, you know, if you're in the band, you got to be in the band or out of the band. Like what publication is like, you can write one thing, be out and like write something else. I mean, people always usually need something written. Um, Sometimes, you know, you submit something and it's not what they're looking for. That's life, you know? Um, but it's a lot, e- it's a little bit different because it's a lot easier to like get in and out of that situation. Totally. These things I and mean, podcast, like, I, you know, I can't do that. Like, you know, as I'm sure you're aware, you got to keep up with, like, you can take like a month break here, month break there. But for the most part, you got to continually do that because if you don't do it, who's going to do it? Like, yeah. You know? Yeah, that's like a big part of the reason why I keep doing what I'm doing, just because I really enjoy meeting new people, sharing their stories, and just like being able to contribute something to the scene that's bigger than myself. Right. Even though, like, obviously, I'm, I guess, the face of this show and I'm on every episode and yeah. I talk about myself on it. It's really not the point. The point is to talk about people like you or whoever else has been on the show. And I can't make it out to every time a friend of mine is playing a concert. Right. I can't, you know, buy everybody's t-shirts. I can't, you know, I do what I can, but the one consistent thing that I can do for 
the music scene is this podcast. So that's why I keep doing it just to say like, Hey, this is my part. And then hopefully everybody else is doing their little things and it all comes together to make like something worth being a part of something worth fighting for. Yeah. Or whatever. Similar reason why I do it. Um, I don't, I think I like, I thought about this recently. I don't even think I say my name half the time on the podcast. So maybe that's a problem. But, um, <laughs> you know, if, but you know, I throw out the social media account usually, so I guess they, they can find it that way. Yeah. But, um, yeah, no, similar thing. I try to be as removed as possible, but like, you know, you can't remove yourself completely, obviously. Yeah. Also, it's well, like also when you're writing an article, like you can't remove bias completely. Well, I think that that's the thing. If you don't have your voice attached to it and it's not a unique voice it's like why are people going to come to your platform if there isn't like a unique voice or character to it it's true you know like if it's just i don't know flat tone i don't know who i'm getting this information from or why they're sharing it why would i want to engage with it yeah right so that's uh it's a challenge i uh before i started doing the podcast i was doing music and i was in bands but i was like much more introverted i had a really hard time talking to people and just being social i was just like bad at the uh face-to-face interactions with people and i'm still not like phenomenal at it there's some people sometimes you ever been around somebody that's like so good at being social just like intimidates you like how are you like Majority of my friends, like my close <laughs> friends are like that. It's crazy to me. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like I grew up like, so like in high school, I did a lot of creative stuff. I had a a cam, like a little camcorder and I would always like film us doing all kinds of goofy stuff. But I was always the person behind the camera and like growing up and like rewatching some of those videos from high school realizing like I'm never in these videos. I've always just been the person like telling other people's stories. Right. You know what I mean? It's like, how do I get in front of the camera and still tell their story at the same time? That's something I'm still trying to figure out. Yeah. I mean, that's really hard. I think like with writing specifically, I finally gotten to a point where I can like insert myself into the story in a way that's also conscious of not overtaking the story, you know? Um, Cause you know, it's difficult, but uh, there are sometimes where you like know something that is applicable that would help the story. And at that point, I think, honestly, I think you have like a duty almost to like put it in there. Like if it's going to oh, make totally. the story better, like you I, should. I always feel bad about situations on the podcast in particular when I'm talking with different guests and you're trying to have a a human connection with them. And, mm-hmm. you know, you share stories to relate on different topics. And there's been several stories that I've definitely told multiple times on the show. And like people that listen to this show have like told me like, you're always talking about that story. And it's like, I guess from a listener perspective, I get it. But when I'm having that face to face with somebody, cause the guests are always different. It's like, yeah. I need to share this story with them because it just relates so well to what we're talking about. Right. Right. And it's like the whole therapy thing too. Like half the time, if you're, even if you're not trying to do like a therapy thing, you're doing a therapy thing really with a podcast or with any sort of interaction. Um, 
where you're asking people questions. Um, yeah, I think that a big part of the reason why, I mean, there's, I mean, obviously there's a, a dozen or more reasons why people listen to podcasts. Everybody's different. But I think the basic three, you know, people are looking to, you know, either learn something, mm-hmm. distract themselves from the world, or just connect with other people. You know what I mean? Whether it be through my show, I think the big thing is about connection and education. I try not, my show's not really an escape. It's not a comedy show. It's not that absurd. Moments can be, but that's not what it is. But I mean, there are definitely podcasts that I listen to that are like run by comedians and they're just completely absurd. And that's fun. But then there's stuff like uh, Stuff You Should Know, which is like a really big podcast. And that's like all education. And that's fun. So, but, uh, so that's, you know, just trying to keep that stuff in mind when you're producing content that the point is, you know, like, what is your goal? Is it to connect with other people? Is it to educate? What are you trying to do? And then make sure you stay on that path. So yeah, you also have to know the audience. Yeah. Like I changed a little bit from before I was like interviewing them like, oh, why do you do this? Why do you do that? Like in your personal life. And then I was like, no, actually, you know what people would be interested in since a lot of people are artists who listen to this. Um, break down like their album like how did you come up with this and like break that down like the the process of it because there's a lot of different things people can learn from like the process a lot i've learned from like just reviewing albums totally you take out everything you're like oh i see how they assembled it now this is why they did that like even a song you can see why they assembled it you see sort of where people get certain ideas um yeah, and I think that that's in one way of learning and also, you know, connecting because it's like, oh, somebody gets what I'm trying to do. Like, that's really cool. Um, So, yeah, I mean, just to go off what you're saying with the whole uh, knowing what's your purpose, like, is it connection or is it, um, you know, comedy or is it that? And like, occasionally I, uh, I say something funny. Occasionally, uh, I'm not hysterical. At, le- uh, at least I don't think so. Some people might argue that. You know, I don't know. Let's try not to get too narcissistic, I guess. But um, <laughs> yeah, uh, other than that, you know, I, I think since you've been doing this for like, what, five years? Yeah. Like, what has changed for you, like personally? I think I've gotten better at connecting with people. And then I've also realized like how similar everybody is across mm-hmm. You know, regardless of genre, regardless of age, regardless of social background, wherever they're coming from, mm-hmm. when it comes to artists, if you break it down, everybody has the same issues and everybody has like the same positive things. It's like, I feel like I have the same conversation over and over a lot, mm-hmm. which is just as cool as it is disappointing as a creator. You know, so I've tried to find ways to spice up conversations or just find different ways to talk to people about different things and also be a little bit more, um, I don't want to say choosy because I'm not really, I don't really pick and choose who's on the show, but uh, just preparing more for conversations, I think. And uh, I don't know. I think in general, the music scene 
has like really grown a lot over the past five years from where it was when I started. Um, there just wasn't a whole lot going on in 2014 and 15. It seemed like there wasn't, it just didn't feel like it had the same energy that it does currently. There's and that and young people, that energy is really, really building. Yeah. So it's cool. I mean, like, yeah, there's a lot of young people and there's a lot of even bands that, you know, took five year breaks that are now getting back into the fold and playing and kicking ass. It's awesome. Wow. Yeah. I didn't even know about the people who took like five year gaps. That's yeah. There's like, it's, it just seems like everybody's, I think cause like that energy is in the air and I think people are starting to see it. And some people that may have been disheartened or kind of like decided they wanted to get out of it are now coming back because there's actually something to come back to. There's a, a reason to play. I think there's an interest in local music and mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. I think that we're in like a really positive place right now in the Pittsburgh music scene. So that's been cool. And everybody that I've been talking to for the most part agrees with me. Yeah. I don't know of too many people that are feeling kind of negative. Like even that show at Cativo last night. I mean, we were battling mm-hmm. Wilkins block party. We were battling art all night. We were battling any other number of things that could be going on on a Saturday night. And there were still 50 people that came out to the show, which isn't bad for an all-local show on a Saturday night when there's all these other things going on. Like, I really thought there was going to be 10 people there. So it was nice to see, like, there was still, like, a decent group of people, regardless of everything else going on. And I know that damn well that all those other events had a ton of people at them, too. Just knowing that there's a lot of stuff going on and people are going out to the things is huge. Yeah, I mean, I was at Wilkins for a little bit yesterday. Um, yeah, it was packed. So totally, I, mean, I was. People definitely like left and like did other things. Um, but yeah, for the most part, I was surprised that because I knew about all those events. I think we talked earlier in the week about all the events. Yeah, uh, it's briefly. crazy. Yeah, crazy weekend, man. That happens in Pittsburgh all the time, though. Also, we're like, yeah, all the time. And that has to do more with like why you have to schedule those events there, uh, I think. But it it uh, says a lot about that energy of the scene right now, you know? Yeah. And what do you think is attracting people like Beck? Since, I mean, you've been part of like the music scene longer than I have. Um, What do you think's really changed? So this is something now going back to my point of me repeating things a lot on the episode. Uh This is something I've been talking about a good bit recently on the show. And that is, um, I think what's changing the most is that artists are getting a little bit smarter about events. There are a lot of artists that aren't necessarily working with um, promoters and like there aren't too many promoters that aren't artists right Mm -hmm. now. You know what I mean? I think there was a time frame where you had a lot of promoters running shows that weren't also artists. So they're just throwing bands on a show and they're not really giving people any reason to come out other than it's music. But now you get these promoters that are also artists that are putting together these crazy events like Wilkins Block Party or Art All Night. You know, these things where it's like there's a multitude of things going on. You're giving people a reason to be there. And I think that's why people are going out, you know, because they're going to see a diverse lineup of music. They know that there's going to be art. They're going to be able to, you know, eat, drink, hang out. You know, it's a 
more of it's not just a concert it's like a whole event that really brings a lot of different people together and those people all have friends and it's something to be excited about so i think it's just as an artist or a promoter or both curating events that are more than just four band names on a flyer come out you know i think that's what's bringing people out yeah um I guess really just from observing it, yeah, I would say like Wilkins Block Party had like more than say when I would go to like the Bushnell. Or, well, I mean, that that makes sense though, considering like the Bushnell is not like an official totally. venue, but like but- I'd go to like the Smiling Moose, for instance, still there would be less people. And it's just about uh, people won't give local music a chance sometimes. Uh, I know I have that problem with a lot of people who I'm friends with. But they'll be like, yeah, totally I'll listen. I know they never listened. I know for a fact they never did. Um, that I don't take that personally, but I do think that um, giving these people a shot, there are a lot of really talented artists right now, especially. Um, I think it's, I don't want to say that you have to trick people, but in a way you kind of have to trick people yeah. <laughs> into coming out to things or just to getting them exposed to uh, different avenues of entertainment in the city. You know, I think that, you know, there are a lot of people that are really into going to nice local restaurants. They see the value in a local restaurant versus going out to the Olive Garden. You know what I mean? It's like, why would we go to the Olive Garden when we can go to this really awesome local Italian restaurant? Or why would we go to P.F. Chang's when we can go to this really awesome local Asian restaurant? You know, why would we go to Red Robin when we could go to burgers or something down in Lawrenceville, you know, but taking that mentality and trying to apply it to art or music, you know, it's like, okay, cool. Yeah, of course you could go see whatever great show is happening at stage AE, but don't forget about the local talent that you have that could be just as good or maybe even better. That's right there at your doorstep. You know what I mean? Like who is the, uh, like the noodle head, of the local R&B scene right now. There's somebody. Who is it? I don't know. I don't know either, yeah. <laughs> but that means maybe we should go find out. You know? So it's like just taking that time and having that curiosity. But I know the only reason I have that curiosity is because I am an artist and I think like that. And I'm so like I'm so engulfed in everything that is the local music scene with the podcast and playing in bands and having friends and it you know everybody that i know is in a band like it's everything i do and it's like my day job is working for a local label so it's like everything literally everything i do is revolved around music so that's why i'm so into it and that's why my brain works that way but the normal person that maybe isn't an artist or a musician or whatever you know they don't think they're not thinking like that. Some of them might, but I would say the majority aren't. They're not thinking like that. You know, for them, music is whatever popped up in my playlist on Spotify. And it might not necessarily be that they don't take local music seriously. I just don't even think they're make thinking about making the time for it. And it's really hard to get them to experience it. But if you throw an event like Wilkins Block Party, where there's a thousand reasons, I mean, sometimes it's like, hey, you could drink alcohol outside on a nice day that might get people out. And then you just fill it with local bands and they'll be like, Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. There were a I lot like of these bands. kids over there. So yeah, that's <laughs> probably true. Yeah. 
Now, um, the overlap I've seen, like, because I actually, I mean, I've played instruments not well. Um, but I was I've, actually going to ask you about like a musical background. So yeah, I've, I don't want to sidetrack your point though. No, I mean, it kind of ties into that point to cool. be honest. Um, I played like four instruments, none of them. Well, probably if I had to say which one I played the best, um, it was either piano or bass. Okay. Uh, guitar. Once we got to chords, I just was not willing to put in the time. I realized recently why I was not willing to put into the time. Um, Mostly had to do with I didn't like like mimicking other people's work, which is like what a lot of guitar lessons do. Yeah, sure. And I was like realizing, oh, I don't like doing that. I like creating a lot more, um, which is why I've been like looking into producing a little bit recently, but far away from that. Okay. Um, but my point is like, uh, so I, I got into this. Um, I knew a bunch of people in high school who have like gone into local music after they graduated. Um. Because I went to Mount Lebanon High School, um, I knew I don't know if you've ever heard of Sam Pellegrino when they were around for like a year. Um, very talented uh, guitarist in that that I went to high school with, Nick Bloom. Um, but I've known a couple people who uh, Akono Miles. If you've ever yes. heard of Akono Miles, I went mm -hmm. to high school with Akono Miles. Um, very talented as well. Yeah. Um, there's just a lot of people that are very talented because we had a very big arts seen at our high school um and i think that was one of the avenues but i've noticed like a lot of the people that i'm really good friends with outside of the music scene people who like really invested in like local community like making things better for people poverty all of these things and i've noticed that there's like an overlap there for people but then i'm also noticing that a lot of people at least at duquesne i can't speak of all universities or everyone in my age bracket just don't care about that kind of stuff that much uh they care more about like you know um just enjoying like the moment they don't really want to get bogged down in the social justice because it's uncomfortable or just because they don't know a lot about it i don't know which i don't want to make the assumption there but um I've, I've just noticed that like there's a weird overlap there um or it's not really weird i guess it makes sense but like how do you get the people who aren't into like interested in going out to local things and like that, that's uh, going out to local anything really who want to only like live on like Instagram or sure. Facebook or listen to Kendrick Lamar's well, new album. I'll tell you what, I mean, you, I mean, <laughs> one, one trick is like make, make your event fucking cool that it's going to look good on your Instagram story that might get some people out. It's true. Yeah. Uh, but you know, like I think that as an artist, it's really easy to think like, what can I do better? What can we be doing better? What can we be doing differently? And regardless of what we do, other people are just going to do whatever they want to do. It's like, not that like anybody out there that doesn't know who I am, I'm going to be able to change something about the way I'm promoting myself or, you know, the way I'm putting myself out into the world that's going to make them put their eyes on me. It's just, it's just like a fate sort of has to bring our worlds together and either they'll decide to be a part of it or they won't. But I think most people in general are just caught up in their own thing. It's not so much about what you're doing. It's just, they're just trying to take care of their own shit, you know, like whether they're a student or a parent or you know just 
bogged down with work or whatever else they're doing, you know, like arts and entertainment is just not really a priority for everybody. For some people, they don't even have that, like the, the luxury or the privilege of it being something that they can engage with. So that's another thing too, is like finding ways to make arts and entertainment more accessible for people that might not have access to it in some ways, you know, like everything about, um, you know, one thing. And I think that maybe we had talked about this with uh, Connor at Brillo box about how many venues we have in Pittsburgh and then taking a step back and remembering how many of them are 21 plus venues Mm -hmm. and being like, Oh fuck. Like there's an accessibility issue there now. But even regardless of all that, you mentioned that there's like this crazy, like youth bubble still doing stuff, still fucking making it happen, whether it's through places like, you know, the Bushnell or other venues like that, that are like, they're not venues, but they're places where people are getting together on a regular basis and sharing their art with each other because it's like, they're so fucking passionate about it. They're like, well, if these bars and clubs and things aren't going to have us, we're just going to find a way to make, do it our fucking selves, which is great. Yeah. But getting people that aren't in that bubble into that scene, it's really hard to do. I think that, as an artist, you just got to keep doing what you're doing, being consistent, like with putting out podcasts or anything like that, just being consistent, making it as accessible as possible. And whoever's going to come to it's going to come to it. Yeah. There's yeah. like, you don't really have that much control over the world. You know, I think that it's real easy from a business perspective and social media to get bogged down with a, you know, attacking algorithms and uh, your uh, hashtags and your uh, fucking all your SEO and all that Google stuff and like digging in all that and finding ways to like make my podcast show up on Google search results. If you type in Pittsburgh podcast, mine should be first. And like those are rabbit holes I've gone into. And it's like, but oh, yeah. if you also go into like, um, looking up how many times like i forget there's like a site that you could go on that if you type in a like a key phrase it'll tell you how many times somebody's actually searched for that thing on a search engine oh yeah like you could type in pittsburgh podcasts and see how many times somebody has like type tried to look up pittsburgh podcasts and it's really not a lot yeah nobody's looking for it exactly. so it's like you're spending a lot of time and energy trying to get the attention of people that aren't there they're not actually looking for what you're doing. And if you filter that down to Pittsburgh music podcast, whew, it's even <laughs> smaller. It is a fucking small niche demographic of people that are interested in listening to a Pittsburgh music podcast. But that small demographic of people, they're really fucking passionate. So it's that is cool. true. I do get a lot of engagement yeah. uh, for how many followers and everything. But yeah, no, I mean, that's definitely something I've thought of over like the years and I, i've talked to multiple people who were like yeah we just got to convince them convince more people and i've always been like I, I don't know how really feasible that is like i mean you should still put out things you should still do what you want to do like i'm not going to discourage you from doing whatever you want to do but also realize like you know don't yeah. base your entire identity around the success of that it's like a it's like fashion in a way where I think that, you know, as an artist, you just have to wear a really loud outfit and be out walking around. And maybe people will turn and look at you and be like, whoa, 
What is that person wearing? What are they all about? They might not want to wear that outfit. Like if all you're trying to do is sell people the outfit, they're going to be like, eh. But if they see it on you, even if it's not their style, they might be interested and they might want to engage just to learn more about it. So I think as an artist, just wearing a flashy outfit to like, or it's just putting yourself out there, I guess the simpler way of saying it. Right. And putting yourself out there for real consistently and being out in the public and just moving through the community, people will get their eyes on you. But like trying to convince people to like engage with what you're doing or force them in some way to like, or trick them or whatever. Like I don't, I don't think it works. I've been doing this long enough that I can say for certain that it doesn't work. You just have to put out a product that's going to resonate with people and not everything that you do is going to resonate with people. I know I sometimes talk with people about um, interactions on Facebook and how uh, Facebook and Instagram suppress posts and, you know, like people aren't seeing my stuff. And like, there's a part of me that's like, well, maybe what you're putting out there just isn't that interesting. I'm not trying to like slam you or your art, but I know just from my experience, sometimes like if my band puts out a music video, or something big and new, it gets a lot of engagement. But if we're just like, hey, we're playing a show, nobody really cares. And it's like, why does nobody care? It's not that they don't care that we're playing a show. It's just like, we're a band. We're supposed to play shows. We're not really putting anything new and exciting into the world. So why are people going to engage with general information? So I think it's just like being mindful of what you're actually putting out. Just because you're putting out something consistently doesn't mean that people were going to give a crap about it. It still actually has to be something worth people's time. Yeah. And I mean, with the algorithm thing, I mean, an even better way to look at that, like I know from just my personal posts is if you're not contributing anything to the platform, you're just reposting stuff from like another, your podcast or whatever, you've already contributed once with the podcast when you're sharing it again, no, they don't want that. They want you to actually add nuance to things. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that's also like just being true to yourself, which is something I've talked to with a lot of people recently is just putting out, you know, what you want to put out because you want to put it out, not trying to cater to anybody. And people resonate with that more. Um, there are definitely like some people like um, recently that have put out albums that like I never would have thought to even write that album because well, A, I don't identify the same way. Like, Sure. Like there was a, um, you know, there's like Britney Chantel put out like a lesbian love album. Totally would never have like thought to write that because I am neither, uh, you know, I'm not a lesbian uh, or a woman. So yeah, it's coming be from pretty a, hard. It's coming from a perspective that's definitely not you. But it's cool. I still like it. Yeah. I mean, like there, I don't necessarily vibe with it as much as past albums, but I still like it. Um, I like a lot of the albums that come out. I will give almost any album at least one straight listen just because I think it should get that. Because this person put in, I don't even want to know how many hours they put into this. Like, yeah, you're giving them like what, 30 minutes of your time? You, I mean, sometimes, you know, but yeah, I think that that's awesome. Like, with that example that you just brought up, like, that's somebody with a unique voice putting their story out there and it's their story. And that's what's great. You know, they're contributing something new to the conversation of music versus just like, oh, I'm just going to 
emulate what somebody else is doing. I mean, in a way, as an artist, we're all emulating, but it's yeah. the nuance of you know what makes the art you. Even before when we were talking about writing and podcasting and being the host and putting yourself into it and having mm-hmm. that voice as like a podcast host or as a journalist, that's what attracts people to your work. And that's obviously no different if you're a musician or a painter or whatever, like anything creative, you got to have your own voice on it. Otherwise, nobody's going to want to listen to it or engage with it. It needs to be coming from you. I mean, if it is coming from you and people are engaging with it, you know, maybe, I don't know. Yeah. It's, I don't know, maybe you're boring. I don't know. <laughs> or maybe you're know. just like, you just haven't found your, 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 uh, you haven't found your tribe yet. I have no idea. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, not everything's for everyone. Exactly. Yeah. And then, you know, also you're going to get backlash also with some of it. I mean, it might be a small amount of backlash. It might just be like people just don't like it. They don't do it. But then there will be some people who are like actually angry with some of the things that you say. I mean, it depends on what you're saying really. But, you know, I honestly think that most most things worth saying, most most points worth making are points that can get both an incredibly positive and an incredibly negative reaction. Yeah. I'm not saying that I want negative reactions from the things that I do, but anytime somebody like says something negative about my work, it's like, okay, I know I'm at least doing something right because there it's triggered somebody enough to engage with it in a negative way publicly, yeah. you know? And like, that's like, you're actually like, whether it's a positive or a negative emotion, you're still putting an emotion in some, like something out into the world that's making people respond. And that's cool because you're curating conversation, whether or not it's positive or negative. Granted, I don't want people to not like what I'm doing, but at least it's just not something that's being ignored or overlooked. Like something that people are like, uh, like I don't have anything to say about this. Like that's the worst thing yeah. about putting art out into the world. And people are like, eh. I'd rather somebody be like, fuck that. Cause then at least it's a conversation and I can explore. Okay. Well, why? Why fuck that? You know, like, right. what did I do? Cause then it's a learning experience. Or you also have somebody like, hey, this was great because of A, B, and C. And it's like, cool, I'm going to do more of that, I guess, you know? Yeah. But just getting no reaction is terrible as an artist because then you don't know if you're in the right direction, in the wrong direction, or just whatever. It feels like you're talking to yourself. And that's terrible as an artist, especially if you're like a musician or. You know, I think the main point of being a musician is you want other people to listen to your music and you want them to engage with it. Yeah. And if you're not getting any reaction, it's like, oh, I'm just fucking talking to myself here. What's going on? It's crazy. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think even as a person like that, you don't want those types of reactions totally. where you don't feel it's like if you like went out on a date, right? And then the person's like, oh, yeah, you're cool. Like that's like the worst reaction of all time. Like dude, I would re- I, at some point you might even want them to be like, I hate you. Like sure. that might even be better. Yeah, like, you'd rather know, like just like that uncertainty <laughs> is really hard to live within, you know? Yeah. So But it's like Yeah, I mean in life really, I, I that that's really where I think I've come to art is just like at not not to like get away from reality, 
but to understand it from other people's perspectives. Like, cause there's a lot to learn there. You know, there are people who've lived things you're, you might never live, honestly. Um, but you should, you still have to interact with people who've gone through those experiences. So you I, should try to understand. And them. I think it's a great way to learn about things in a way that you might not be aware of because, mm-hmm. you know, you're hearing somebody's story and it's not, you're not just reading a book or watching a movie. You know what I mean? It's like, it's very, it's very short. It's like a cliff notes of somebody's story in this like, you know, four minute song or this half hour album, whatever. And you know that you can hear the emotion in the performer. If it's, you know, somebody that I guess is technically better at what they're doing, but even if they're not, even if they're maybe not super emotive, you can maybe hear like, Oh, well maybe they don't care that much about what they're talking about here. You know, like you can like hear the emotion. You can like hear it in the choice of like instrumentation and music and things like you can hear people working through stuff. And uh, it's a really cool way to like learn about somebody's story and understand like the weight of it, you know, through the music, you know, if it's uh if it's done correct done in a way that you know not every songwriter can be a great storyteller and not every great storyteller can be a good songwriter and not every great song has to tell a good story but i enjoy it when it does yeah i mean yeah i agree with that (laughs) really there's nothing else to say yeah but yeah i mean it's hard honestly for I mean, it's just hard to put yourself out there, let alone actually execute it well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, definitely. It it does take time. That's one thing that kind of it. I don't want to say it, it. It doesn't bum me out, but I'm weary of a lot of art from that comes out now, just because how easy it is to record everything mm-hmm. as a creator. I think it's great that everybody has relatively easy access to the tools to be able to, you know, produce and record and release a song. I mean, you can download an app on your phone that'll let you make a beat. You can rap on top of the thing and then upload it to Spotify from the same damn phone. You yeah. could you could take your album your promo with the phone. You know, make your album cover. You can you could do all that stuff from a little mobile device now. So, but the thing that I don't like about that is that I do see it comes across a lot in the quality. I think sometimes there are a lot of artists that rush to put things out because mm-hmm. it's so easy to do it. And you don't always hear the growth. Like sometimes I can hear like if I have a friends in a band and it took them like three years to put an album out, I can hear it versus like the band that just got together six months later, they have a project out. Like I can hear the difference in the six month project and somebody actually took the time to craft everything and then, you know, spend time working with actually working with a producer or going to a studio and things like that. Uh, I think there's a lot of power in self-production and self-recording. I encourage it to any musician to be able to do those things. But I think that there's a certain, uh, a certain element that's lost when you don't work with 
a producer or an engineer or somebody that's, you know, been recording bands for like 10, 15 years that really knows what they're doing and can really make your project sound great. I feel like I wish I heard more of that from the local music scene and a little less DIY recording. But at the same time, I'm glad that there are artists throwing things out there and then it's all coming out. It's like I battle myself with both of those things, you know, just trying to figure out um, my opinions on it, you know, and I guess I just kind of lay on both sides of the fence. I think it more depends on like the individual artist because like some people, they have a style. It works for them. It's yeah. great. They can turn out something like well, every yeah. week. Some people self-release stuff and it sounds great too. Yeah. And then totally. there's some people who like, yeah, take, take some time, please. We know it'll be good. You know, it's like not trying to compare yourself to other people, like just taking your own time to do things. Yeah. I just, I feel like, I guess what it boils down to is that the world feels like it's in such a rush right now. Honestly, in, in, it's the United States, I would say, yeah. more than other places. Because <laughs> when I, I was like a time warp in Europe. Okay. You have no idea. Like I felt like I had a millennium to get things done. I got 35 books done. I still had time. Still had tons of time. So I don't know. Here it is a time warp. It's weird. I. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, we can even just like, we can really hyper focus it just into the Pittsburgh music scene. And I think there's so much going on. There's so many artists. A lot of them are pretty prolific. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, being in that bubble and seeing everybody else moving really fast or seemingly moving really fast, you know, as an artist, it makes me feel like shit, like I need to move quicker, Mm -hmm. but I don't come from that background. You know, like I'm a little bit older than, some of my peers in the music scene, granted there are a lot of people my age that I still play shows with, but most of the people that I follow and the people that are most active are, they tend to be the younger people. So I just find myself trying to like keep up with all that. And it's just like, it's exhausting. It can't, it's exhausting, but you know, it's fun too, because it's like a learning experience. And I do enjoy that, uh, the motivation from my peers. I think it's cool. You know, I'm not somebody that's ever bitter about like, Oh, like somebody's already putting out something else. Fuck them. Or they did this. I'm like, Oh fuck. And that's awesome. Shit. What have I been doing? Crap. I got to get my shit together. You know, I think it's, uh, other people's success is just, I think it's, it's nothing more than a motivation for me. So I don't think there's any, any reason to feel any other way about it but uh back to the point of just independent artists like self-releasing questionable quality content you know i i I wish there was like a, a, a kind way to be able to like step in and say like hey you know maybe you're not quite ready to do this yet and that's okay but you know before you go putting yourself out there you know because they say first impressions really last and they matter yeah you know what i mean so i I think that it sucks when i see people with great potential just kind of blowing it because they're like they're playing shows too soon or they're releasing recorded material too soon or you know they're saying that they're going on tour too soon and they actually don't have everything together to make that happen And, and then it becomes a problem and you see it publicly like oh crap like 
you know, want to, you want to be able to say like, Hey, like take the extra time and make sure you have all of your resources and everything together before agreeing to do things. Cause otherwise you're just kind of shooting yourselves in the foot. And it sucks sometimes when you see your friends doing things like that, but it happens. It's all part of the learning experience. It's yeah. part of being an artist. The only way to get better is to just fuck up a good bit and then work it out. Yeah. Learn from your mistakes, I guess. When I started the podcast, there was so much I had to learn <laughs> really quickly. It was like, oh, wow. Cause like the first, I actually interviewed like BB guns like pretty early on, a couple yeah. people pretty early on. And I'm like, now I'm looking back and I'm like, whoa, like I, those were people who like were, they, they were like right already on the trajectory to get like to the level that they are now. And I'm like, wow, I probably did that a little early. Um, probably should have had some things more in order. But like, it's all good. I mean, uh, yeah. it's all worked out, but it's like, wow, wow. You, you really did not understand. You had to like, just make the leap and uh, do it. And there's I, also some of that, something to be said with that, but. Totally. And, you know, like going back, thinking more about all the stuff that I was just talking about, I think I would much rather seeing people playing shows too early releasing content too early than just always holding on to it and never doing anything with it because I've had those friends as well that are really talented, but they just never got it quite together. You know what I mean? It's like they, they're a band, they spend a year practicing doing all this stuff. They really get it together. Then they play like one or two shows and they, they stop or they never record the material that they wrote. And it's like, fuck, that's a bummer. That's even worse. So it's like, in a way, I kind of respect the energy of the bands that even if they're doing it too early, at least they're fucking doing something. They're yeah. putting, they're getting it out there. And there's a lot to be said about that because there are people that just never get it together and never put anything out. And that sucks. Yeah. I mean, there's no right or wrong way to do any of it, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it's all really what you want, <laughs> yeah. how long you want to take to get there. Like for some people, you know, being an artist is not like the number one thing they want to do. It's an aspect of their life, but it's like, it's a backseat. For some people, it's the main thing and everything else is around that. Um, I mean, it all depends, you know, on what you want. Like if being an artist is just like your creative outlet so that you can go through the rest of life and be like sane, cool. Like, <laughs> awesome. Like you don't need to worry as much about making it but like you even see professional like people who are um not diy who are not local who are not like still trying to make a name who also make these mistakes they put out albums too early like mike shinoda right after chester bennington <laughs> less than a year put out an album about chester bennington and i'm like maybe you need a little longer than that because he's just like yeah 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 and then one song and he's like yeah totally over everything he used one song to describe how he's over everything and it took 17 to describe the problem and i'm like that that just seems disproportionate uh, a little bit sure then he released an extended real uh track like six months later that then wraps up everything that like with five, four more songs or something like that and i'm like that seems like the album you should have released in the first place uh-huh uh, but you know he rushed or he, yeah uh, who who uh, kanye west oh that's is really good at that <laughs> uh you know I'm going to release an album, then I'm going to retract it, and then I'm going to remix and remaster the album, and I'm going to take a song off, and I'm going to put a song on. And it's just like, 
I guess it gets a lot of people talking about what you're doing, but it's just like, what happened to just like taking the time, making sure it's all ready to go, then putting it out. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not fucking Kanye West. Yeah. Uh, it just doesn't make sense to me. I don't know if Kanye makes sense to Kanye, to be honest, but um, there's just, I, I think people just rush a lot, you know, and there, you definitely got to take some time. I mean, you don't want to take forever. Like, like you've said before, you know, there are a lot of people who it's just a, never it, swim. They just let themselves <laughs> sink uh-huh, from sure. the get go. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, I'm definitely a problem with that, you know, like with music, I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah I'm totally going to do that. Totally going to do that. And then it's like five years later and I'm like, mm, yeah, I understand it a little bit better, but I haven't done anything. So, you know, but in other aspects I've done things, you know, so there's also that, you know, I think everybody has the things that they just let sink. Yeah. It's, impo- it's impossible to do everything. You know, I have a, I have a notebook of ideas with things in it that are easily, some things are easily three years old, just ideas for projects and things that are just like, I mean, they're all like related to Sykes and a new violence or gray Walker or the podcast, whether it be like, Oh, this would be a funny idea for a music video or a photo shoot, or this would be a funny idea for a t-shirt design, just like little ideas, you know? And like some of the, some of them get executed, but also like, just can't do every single thing and also like the clock's still ticking it's not like the time's run out so i could always go back you know 20 years maybe ago. yeah well maybe like you know a few months from now when it's like gray walker we need a new shirt it's like oh yeah i had an idea and then i can open up the notebook like oh yeah, yeah. that idea for the thing with 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 the thing and the thing yeah you know whatever yeah i mean that's true too you know an idea isn't i guess too old till you say it's too old but yeah, I mean, there's also like, for instance, like I try to do a bunch of different things that require me to get new skills, like trying to do a documentary right now. Okay. I have the podcast. I had to learn all the writing skills for journalism. I have to learn all the academic skills. And then because I'm at Duquesne, they make you take a bunch of very, very different classes. So I have to learn a bunch of different disciplines. At a certain point, you know, you got to think, hey, um, skill acquisition wise, because you have to build up all these skills to be able to do all those things. You either have to ask for help you and like get people who know how to do these things, but then that has its own problems and that people have their lives and their lives don't always line up with yours. Sure. Um, and I'm not trying to be negative, like don't do things, but just be mindful about it. Mm-hmm. It's like I've definitely not been mindful, you know, in the past. And I think it's, it's hurt me. I mean, I mean, that speaks more about like trying to get more people involved in the scene. You know, it's just everybody has their own yeah. things. There's only so much you could do. I think that, you know, it, it does most people a good deal of good to under, to, to really embrace the values of patience and understanding and empathy and being persistent with what you do and just understanding why other people do things and just not beating yourself up over it, you know, just because everybody is just trying just as hard as you are. And it's like, if you're unable to make everybody else in the world a priority to you, how can you expect other people to make you a priority to them? Yeah, You can't, but you can still try. I think, you know, uh, everybody has their opinions on like what the meaning of life is. 
And I'm not saying that I know the meaning of life, but I think a very big part of it is, you know, teamwork and working with other people, regardless of what it is that you do. You know, I think that just making those connections with other people and being able to craft something together, even if it's like, oh, I'm a solo artist, but, you know, I worked with somebody on this really great album cover. You know, that's just one element of teamwork to do something positive, even if it is for yourself, you know, in a way. You're still working with other people. Yeah. Yeah. Or, you know, if you're running a restaurant at the Olive Garden, you need a team to make the Olive Garden work. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. So teamwork's important, even if you are a solo artist or whatever. Or a social animal, you know, Uh got to do things with other people like it or not. I would hope that you would like it, but you know, some people like to do things with themselves by themselves. That's cool too. I mean, I think that, you know, there's also definitely something about solitude and having the right amount of it and giving yourself that time. That's super healthy. Mm -hmm. You need it. You can't just be around other people all the time. You got to be able to be happy with yourself. You know, if you don't love yourself, how can you love anyone else? That yeah. type, that type of cliche, but I think it's it's very true. It almost went like full circle there with like the beginning, where that was the number one problem I had was like being by myself. Yeah, really was, and then like you know, just got to learn to be okay with it. Like you're you're an all right person, but you know that. You 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 yeah. can overload yourself if you really want, mm-hmm. but it's not gonna fix the problem. Yeah, which you, is you. Mm-hmm. I think that learning how to understand and be okay with yourself—that's something that really it shows to other people. Mm-hmm. And if you're somebody that is really negative towards yourself or towards other people there's not many people that are going to want to be around that. At least not many people that you would probably want to socialize with anyways. You know? So I think just learning how to take better care of yourself automatically just brings in other people because other people, I think it's like, you know, whenever I'm around other people, I'm trying to find other people. I like being around people that seemingly have their shit together. Not necessarily (laughs) like as an artist or anything, just people that, you could tell are like they're okay people you know yeah. like they they're they kind of have it maybe not necessarily figured out but they're trying and they're stable those are people i like to be around so i try to be that as well so i can attract those types of people into my social circle and just build upon that i think a lot of people overlook like the basic kind of uh animal like animalistic biological natural things that kind of go on in our brain and why as a species we interact with each other that stuff gets overlooked i think sometimes 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, you got to I'm be, not smart enough to explain it, but I know it's a thing. <laughs> yeah, you got to be secure with yourself because otherwise, like if you go into a situation, you're a super anxious person, you're going to make that other person anxious. Totally. It's like the whole, like, I know there's like all these posts about being an empath and all that stuff. I think like everyone's an empath, to be honest, to a certain degree. You can ignore it and then not be an empath. That that invites other comparisons we won't go into, but... um. Yeah, the energy you put out matters, like just for what you want to get back. Like if you put out a bunch of anxious energy, you're going to get a bunch of really anxious people. Sure. Who come to you. It's like a fly. And like you're like the honey with that. It's not not a good situation. So, you know, you got to actually like change your actions, really. And that that's hard to do. Like I'm not saying like, oh, yeah, just wake up and change everything you're doing. Solved. Uh huh. No, like it takes really – some people it takes like years. It could take a decade. But I mean, as long as, you know, you're trudging towards where you want to be, uh, I guess that good enough. You're getting there. It's like the album, it's like the album, the artist, all of that. You know, as long as you're getting there, it doesn't really matter how long it takes you. As long as by the end you are satisfied with where you ended up. Mm -hmm. Cool. I think a lot of people obsess over the destination and they don't take enough time to appreciate the journey. Yeah. Which I understand, mm -hmm. but not appreciating what you have when you have it is a really, really unfortunate and sad thing to fall into. If, if that is something that you do fall into. Yeah. And I think with, again, how fast everything's going and, how noisy the world is. I think it's really easy to get lost in that, you know? Yeah. I mean, even if you're like doing really horrible in the United States or the Western world, you're still doing better than the majority of the world. So you know, there's that. Like, I mean, even if you're homeless, that that's also not the end of the day necessarily. I mean, you definitely need to get whatever help you need to get, even if that's just financially or if you have other reasons that made you homeless. But, um, you know, I, I think really just also helping other people when you are now not on the other side of the equation is important too. Like you have to give back what you want to get eventually because almost everyone's going to have problems at some point. Yeah. And I think that's really what this, your podcast, my podcast, really most news outlets, uh, I hope most news outlets, let me clarify that hope <laughs> most news outlets are doing um, where they're like trying to give back to people when they don't have a whole lot so that when they do have a whole lot, they can get back to the newspaper and the cycle can continue. That that's for me, what journalism is all about personally. I don't know if that's really what it is about anymore. That's a whole other debate that, but that's what like blogs, podcasts, the media, that's what I think it should be about at least. I think now it's all about a uh, clickbait and ad revenue and, People trying to keep a keep a roof over their heads, you know, for for them and their family. Can you imagine? Like, I mean, maybe you might find yourself in this position one day since you're, you know, in school for some of these things. Where, like, you, you know, you work so hard for years, and like, you finally get into this position of like you're working for like a an established 
news outlet or something like that. And it's like, now it's like their main focus is like, uh, you know, some salacious article about the Kardashians and something like that and how it ties into the, the, the political strife of the 21st century. And, you know, you're going to, the only reason you have to write this article is because it's attached to some like Louis Vuitton ad that the company's website is getting like, you know, 10 cents per click on and it's going to pay everybody's salary. And it's just like, what the fuck? I'm like, there's all this other stuff going on. And it's yeah. like, yeah, but that's not getting the clicks. That's not what's getting the getting the YouTube subscribers and all that stuff. It's like a really interesting time right now for a lot of those major news outlets because like I nobody seems to have any idea what is going on and how to like get people's eyeballs onto things, like onto real issues. And I mean, as much as I'd hate to write that article. I'd probably click that article. I'll be honest. Like I'm gonna be, I'd click it because I'd be like, "What is this? Like, how sure. are you gonna write this?" And then I'd read it, and then I'd be like, "Really, really? Like, this was a uh-huh. waste." Because the person writing that article probably has no idea to explain it either. To be honest with you, so they're like, "Uh, I think maybe," and that that's the problem, really, right there. Like, uh, I think there's so many things like on the internet, like the music business has gone through this too where like you can get so much for free now you can get music for free that you shouldn't have especially at one time now a lot of musicians give it out for free Mm -hmm. but at one time it was not free and you were still getting it for free and so you know you had to reroute everything for that and the media is like a lot of media is still figuring that out like podcasts I think they're they've kind of figured it out a lot of them have figured it out. Um, YouTube people on YouTube, they figured it out pretty well. Um, the people who have not figured it out are print. They, they just have no idea. Like, I think that what is happening and I think what a lot of news outlets seem to be having a hard time understanding is I don't think that normal people, want to get their information from people that look like professionals. I think a lot of people would rather get their information from somebody talking into a webcam that they feel they can relate with and trust versus mm-hmm. some suit and tie under studio lights. It's probably true to be honest. Like I, cause like with social media, people just want to connect with humans and there's something that's very like, unnatural about you know the suit and tie under studio lights with the fancy face makeup so you know they look all crisp and clear telling you i don't know whatever they're getting paid to tell you i think that actually goes back to like one of the number one things they beat into me at school which i disagree with fundamentally okay um which is uh they they like they're I'm not saying ethics is bad. Like you need ethics. You need to have an ethical code. You can't just go around and do whatever you want. But the ethics that they're like, some of the things that they're preaching were like, don't be biased. Like that's impossible. Like you're going to be, you shouldn't like be blatant about it. You should try to get both sides. Yes, but that's impossible. You are going into an article biased. Um, Newspapers are biased. They're only going because of who they hire. They, um, it's mostly white men. First off, that bodes well for me. Sure. But, you know, I mean, probably not, honestly, but it is, if you look at statistics, it's, 
there aren't very many people of color. There aren't very many, I mean, this is changing a little bit more than the people of color thing, but there aren't as many people who identify as queer or as something other than like straight, you know, um, that's another issue. Like things are changing, the world's changing and, you know, um, like what you see LGBTQ, um, put together a lot and it's like when you talk to people i i don't think people who are writing the articles they might understand the concept i don't know but a lot of people i've talked to who like read these articles and things they don't understand that like q is different than like lgbt like that's different like a lot of people identify as queer who are lgbt but it's different um i'm not lgbt or q personally but i like i understand it on a basic level but i should still probably not be writing articles about lgbtq people because i don't understand all of that and i think a lot of people just fall into this this trap of um trying to be everything to everyone but then they don't have a diverse network to do that they can't be everyone uh, everything to everyone because they don't have that diversity and these are people at these papers that are talented. I don't want to take away from that. And they shouldn't just be fired just because they don't fit into a demographic of identity politics because they are talented. They got there because they worked there. Like, But that's also hurting the establishment overall, like with the credibility, with a bunch of other things. Um, and part of this, it does have to do with journalism because I see a lot of journalists like blaming everything else, but you have to think is it partially me probably is partially you i mean there are a lot of other factors that have gone into it obviously uh like donald trump a bunch of other things have sure made that more complicated but i think that in terms of um diversity in media in mm -hmm. news i think we're in a really it's a it's gonna take some time but I think in 10 years from now, it's going to be a totally different landscape. It's not something that can happen overnight because, you know, you need for, I think, historically a long time, those avenues were just, they weren't encouraged in the same way that they are now to, you know, people of color, people in the LGBTQ community and things like that. You know, it was just kind of like an unspoken thing that it's like, there's no point pursuing this because you're not going to get a job. Whereas now I think there's a lot more encouragement in the youth and it's going to take some time because the kids have to go to school. They got to yeah. get through, they got to, they still have to learn how to do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't think anybody should just get a job because like, Oh, like, you know, we need a black person. You're untrained, but you're black. Yeah. So here, like, I don't, I don't want to see that. I yeah. want to make sure that still like all the people that are in these positions are like work to get there. So yeah. it lends credibility to the fact that like, look, anybody can do this, yeah. but it's going to take time. And we're in the middle of that now, or not even necessarily in the middle. I just think we're, it's starting to happen now. And then like a decade from now, like I said, you're just going to see a totally different landscape. I mean, it's already happening in some ways that feel a little uh, sort of like pandering now. Like right, I notice, right. like I'm not a big sports dude, but like anytime I happen to be at a bar and I see sports, it's like I don't see a sports show and there's not a woman on TV now. 
that's like all those sports shows tend to have like a woman commentator and it's like okay like i'm not used to this i get it but it's also like you know is this pandering or is this person qualified for the job i don't know i don't know about sports so i don't know what they're talking about but there's changes like companies are obviously trying to get different people into their networks and their organizations and i think it's only going to get more diverse as time goes on so we'll just have to wait and see yeah how it goes i have no idea yeah i have no idea i don't think anyone has any idea what the hell is going to happen with that but i i do think that there is responsibility that needs to be taken both sides like not one side pointing at the other and being like it's all your fault it's not all their fault i mean they probably have some accountability but it's not all their fault i mean that that, that happens a lot though just in general well, right i think now. it's like that uh, i mentioned it before you know it's with politics it's like there's such uh a, you know that lack of empathy and understanding and mm-hmm. i mean granted there's definitely a lot of things that there's no time for empathy or understanding depending on the subject. But I think for like the majority of everything, I think regardless of what side of the political spectrum you're on, I think most people can relate with most people on the basics of life. You know, people want to take care of themselves and their family and have good lives for their friends and the people around them. And then we just kind of bicker over the nuances of things like how exactly things get done and then outside of that there's like all this crazy noise where you know it's like oh some really really negative things that it's like hey you know like we're you know putting kids in cages at the border and it's like that's fucking crazy no stop that and then at the same time you know there's like these crazy ideas where it's like uh you know, 100% free healthcare and college for everybody. And it's like, oh, that sounds great, but I don't know if that's ever going to happen. So we kind of got to dial back that positivity to like, that's a little bit too utopian. And then there's, you know, stuff that's like, okay, this is getting a little bit too Mad Max. So like get away from those extremes. And then in the center, everybody just wants simple, healthy lives, but it's easy to get caught up in the noise from the extreme stuff because those all that craziness on both sides, like their voices tend to be the loudest and that's the stuff that seems to be, it gets the most coverage because it's so, uh, it's so sensationalized and people think like, Oh, the entire world is a bunch of white nationalists or the entire world is a bunch of, you know, LGBTQ kids that are, taking over everything and it's like neither of those things are true the majority of the world is still like just a bunch of people that want to live normal healthy lives but the news is like really like props up all of this like yeah really really crazy stuff and yeah i don't know part of that's not like going to the extremes like you're gonna go to the extremes naturally like there's that thing too so it's like you know do you know naturally like if you're going to interview somebody, who are you going to interview? Like the dude who like says like, oh yeah, I think things are good. 
Or are you going to interview the, the person who like has something hide to your say? Kids, hide your wives. <laughs> <laughs> you would interview that person because that's the person people want to hear, even though there's problems with that, you uh-huh. know, and there are problems with that. Uh, but I mean, that I think that that says a lot more about like even human nature than it does about how the media works. I think that, I think that, you know, it's kind of a, like getting, trying to get people, more people into the local music scene. People are going to do whatever they're going to do. The media is going to do whatever it's going to do. I think as a, a human being, it's your responsibility to just make the time to talk to your neighbors and the people in your community, get to know the people around you and actually understand what the world around you is like instead of reading articles online or watching the news and assuming that they're, there's the story or the picture that they're painting for you is 100% the truth. Yeah. Because I think a lot of the time they're painting a picture of a world that a lot of people don't actually live in. Yeah. You know, it's like, Actually interact with the people around you on a face-to-face basis. Get to know the people around you. And granted, there's going to be some fucking terrible people, but it's good to know who they are. So, but on, yeah. And on the flip of that, you're going to probably run into a lot of positivity and learn a lot about things around you that uh, you wouldn't have known otherwise. Yeah. And, but I think that I don't know if anything's changed, like at least from your perspective, but it seems like a lot of people just don't go out and like experience things a lot anymore. Like I'll talk to my friends and they'll be like, well, how do you know all these people? It's I'm like, well, it's not cause I'm that social. Like, to be honest, I don't think I'm that social, but like I talk to people, I go out to things. That's how I know I them. I go out to things. Yeah. It's about interests. You know, it's just when somebody asks you, you know, how do you know all these people? It's more just like, you know, it's a, well, what do you do with your time? Like, what yeah. are your interests? There's nothing wrong. There's not a wrong answer here. I'm just generally curious. What are your interests? And your interests are going to answer that question for you. Yeah. Because my interests are local music, community, networking. That's yeah. what I'm into. So that's why I have what I have. Yeah. And if your interests are, I don't know, schoolwork, Netflix. Xbox, you know, like some things that are naturally more isolating, then you're going to have a completely different viewpoint and like interaction with the world. Yeah. So there's no right or wrong thing there, I think, you know, but it's just if you, uh, if you have to ask sometimes, uh, you know, they say there's no stupid questions, just stupid people. <laughs> yeah. Just, uh, I think, uh, yeah, I don't know. But... Yeah. Hmm. Man, we got deep there, huh? Yeah. yeah wasn't that was a, a rabbit hole. That was wow. a rabbit hole. We're climbing back out now. We yeah. could probably wrap this up shortly. Um, I know we are doing kind of like a, a dual upload here. You know, this is yeah. like a teamwork episode here so i did everything that i felt that i would normally do in an episode of my show but is there anything on your end 
that you would like to cover that would be, you know, typical of your format that we have not covered that we should? Well, really, it would just be about structure. That's the last thing. Like, how would you, how do you run the podcast? But honestly, if you listen to this, you probably know. Um, so you probably saw the structure. But uh, it seems like we, we, any podcast is going to have probably a pretty similar structure. Um, but like mine's more like reflecting back, like at the person or trying to. I don't know. Like, how would you describe your style? I guess. I think <laughs> um, it's funny you said before uh, therapy. Yeah. And like, that's, I have like joked before just calling the podcast like therapy sessions for creatives. Yeah. Um, and that's really what it isn't. It's about, like, you know, that's the thing is like, there's so much nuance in every episode that I upload because every person is different mm-hmm. and every episode has different guests so sometimes you know i have somebody in here like yourself that's a little bit more introspective and is also a creator and you know we kind of like really dig into a lot of behind the curtain sort of conversation and then sometimes i might have like four or five people in here that are best friends in a band and like we they end up just telling inside jokes for a half hour and i'm trying to keep up with them you know what i mean yeah so it's it's always different but the main structure is just to Find people that are passionate, that have a story they want to tell. A real easy way to get on the show typically is just to ask to come on for yeah. anybody that's listening. Because, you know, most of the time, if you want to be on the show, that means you want to talk. Yeah. There have definitely been a few circumstances where people ask to come on the show. And then they come over and then they say absolutely nothing about anything. And it's kind of like, oh, well, this is a little awkward. But that happens. Sometimes people are awkward. Uh, but overall it's just asking people to come on the show or people ask to come on the show. We link up and, uh, record it and put it out there and that's the structure. Yeah. I don't know. (laughs) I mean, that, that's good. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't have to be like down to the detail. Like, well, first I take a sip of water. Like, I, I don't, that's good. I mean. Especially if anybody was like thinking about starting a podcast, I think that's a good thing to know to start if anyone else wanted to do that for anything, really. Yeah. You know, a lot of people have asked me about starting podcasts and equipment that they need and things like that. And I've said it a thousand times before. I'll say it again. The first thing that you need is like a general passion and understanding Mm -hmm. to do it. And I always say, you know, not to scare anybody away from doing this, but it's going to take up a lot more time than you would ever think to do a podcast. I mean, literally just emailing people takes up more time. Sure. Interviewing the actual people sometimes. Yeah. There's to figure out scheduling. You have to also, you have to go out sometimes to meet people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Organizing, setting up the interviews, uploading everything, typing up your little descriptions, promo like you know what i mean if you're putting together graphics and things to help promote the episode you know it all takes time yeah i mean it gets faster the more you do it but it does take up especially when you're first starting it takes up a lot of Mm -hmm. time because you have to figure out a lot of things yeah you're trying to find your voice find like what exactly it is that you want to do yeah i mean you also have to figure out the marketing so like you learn a lot of things by doing it but that you didn't even think you were going to learn but Uh uh-huh you know? Yeah, but I mean, yeah, that's, you know, just 
the structure of everything is just you know i um i record everything pretty much in advance um you know i have like a little spreadsheet that has the dates that i want to record episodes so i block those out in my calendar and then i fill those dates in with guests yeah. and then i just have a, a plan to like make sure that like i'm uploading stuff every week um if i have a guest that's on the show that has like an album coming out or a show or something they're trying to promote that's around the podcast i try to look at the spreadsheet to make sure that i am able to upload their episode in the right time frame mm-hmm. uh just being organized really helps with the structure because i i didn't do that for a long time i would just kind of i would record whenever um in multiple places upload on whatever day and it's like that's too much it was too much chaos but i didn't understand the importance of actually like needing the structure until i kind of got into it and i was like oh crap and now it's kind of like okay plan out the days i'm gonna do it well ahead of time try to do everything here just so because I have every, all the stuff that I need is here, especially now with the video, it makes it really hard to move. Um, yeah, it's not impossible, but just like having a a space to record video that has like decent lighting and everything, that can be tricky. Yeah. So, I mean, I have like not as much structure as I'd like, but you know, classes unfortunately make that hard. Jobs make that hard. Totally. But one day, hopefully, I'll be able to have the structure I would like <laughs> and the location I would like. That think, would be I, cool. I think that's life in general, right? Yeah. <laughs> One day, maybe. Uh huh. Something will work out. Cool. So I would say let's wrap this up. Why don't we yeah. plug all of your things, let people know where they can find you, where they can find your show and all that stuff. That's mainly just for my guests. And then I'll do mine as well for yeah. your guests. Awesome. Yeah, so uh, the local beat T H A L O C A L B E A T Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. The best ones probably Instagram and Twitter. The Facebook, for sure, I post things on that. Not as as great as the other two, though. I'll be honest. So Instagram's the number one. Cool. And if you're interested in what I'm doing, you can find me at Start the Beat on Facebook or Instagram. Uh, I'm also on other social media platforms under the real Sykes. The only platforms that actually have like start the beat things are Instagram and Facebook though. The fa- uh, the Instagram is new. The podcast has been five years going. I just started the Instagram this past year, yeah. just only like a few months ago. So the Instagram page definitely needs some love. So go over there give us some likes and there's links to all the episodes there as well. So if you're into this stuff and want to learn more about the local music scene and some guests that maybe have not been on Sean's show yet, or, you know, maybe we'll be in the future. Check it out. Yeah. Cool. Definitely check out both shows. Yep. Uh, Thanks for having me. Thanks for taking the time to come over. Thanks for reaching out. I appreciate that. It's uh, it's cool to, sit down and chat with somebody else, you know, that shares similar passions for all the creative people around us. And it, you know, is doing what they can to, you know, help push their friends and 
their peers and just, you know, give them a platform to tell their stories. I think it's cool. Yeah. I mean, same pretty much. <laughs> I don't <you>. know. <laughs> cool. And Retweet, uh, I guess, um, yeah. Yeah. And then thanks for listening too. you know, everyone who did listen to this. Absolutely. Which if you heard this, then thank you. If you didn't hear this, then I guess not. Yeah. If you didn't hear this and you don't know about our top secret free pizza and cookie party. They, it's totally happening. Yeah, it, it already happened actually. Yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> yeah. Just didn't get invited. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Maybe next time. And uh hey, I think that's it. Let's wrap it up. Yep. Cool? Yep. Cool. And we are done. <laughs>